Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's sermon. So when I was growing up, my grandparents had a tradition. Every year for Christmas, they would buy me and my brother tickets to a Broadway show, and the four of us would go to the theater together. Starting, I believe, with the 10th anniversary of Into the Woods, featuring most of the original cast, we were, I know, just just wait. (laughs) We were so lucky to see some breathtaking shows, you know, the, the benefit of living just outside the city. We saw The Lion King shortly after it opened, Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth in Wicked, the West Side Story revival with the original Jerome Robbins choreography, so many more. But across all of these shows we watched, there's a single moment that stands out in my memory, scraping the sky. Patti Lapone and Gypsy, absolutely shaking the St. James Theater to the ground as she belts it out those soaring final notes of everything's coming up roses. For those unfamiliar with the show, Gypsy tells the story of the relationship between Rose Hovick and her two daughters, baby June and Louise. Rose is the ultimate stage mother. Disappointed by her own failure to make it as a star, she produces a vaudeville show featuring her children, through whom she hopes to find fortune and fame. If reality television is more your thing, think dance moms. (laughs) June... June is the natural choice as the breakout success. She thrives in the spotlight where she demonstrates both stunning talent and an ostentatious temperament to match. Louise, in contrast, is quiet and shy, often cast by her mother as one of June's newsboys. Over the course of the first act, however, June grows frustrated by the relentless pressure that Rose heaps upon her shoulders. Eventually, she elopes and sets out to perform a new act on her own. Undeterred, Rose turns to Louise, the daughter that she has always overlooked and neglected, confidently proclaiming, I'm gonna make you a star. I'm gonna make a new act all around you, and it's gonna be better than anything we ever dreamed of, and everything that we ever did before. And then, unable to contain her passion and enthusiasm, her monologue spills over into song. I have a dream, a dream about you, baby. It's gonna come true, baby. They think that we're through, but baby, you'll be swell, you'll be great. Gonna have the whole world on a plate, starting here, starting now. Honey, everything's coming up, roses. The song's tone is triumphant, but the emotional context is far more ambiguous. Rose is promising Louise the attention and primacy that she's always been denied. Suddenly, after the tragic departure of her sister, there's a newfound optimism, a promise that the brightest days are yet to come. But both Louise and the audience can feel how the motivation still centers her mother. Even the title can be read two ways. Everything's coming up, 
roses. What I'm saying is, it's messy. And man, if that ain't a perfect pairing for this morning, because our scripture text is messy too. We're used to hearing the story of Jacob's ladder by itself, and if you keep that tight focus, it is majestic and beautiful. Angels ascending and descending from heaven, a promise of new life, prosperity for future generations. Like listening to Everything's Coming Up Roses isolated from the rest of the show, it becomes a simple story about God's promise, a reward for Jacob and his faithfulness, a vision that will sustain him in the days to come. Turn just one chapter back, however, and you find that we are in the middle of a very different story. Jacob's ladder comes right after Jacob steals Isaac's blessing, a text that gets less play in the lectionary for reasons you'll hear in a moment. But if you forget that story, here's how it goes. Like Gypsy, it features the relationship between two siblings, this time Esau and Jacob. Esau is the firstborn and everything a man should be. He's a skilled hunter. He's covered in body hair. <laughs> Listen, the Bible's very clear about this. <laughs> but he's big and strong and beautiful, if not overly bright. A himbo, if you will. <laughs> Jacob, on the other hand, is none of these things. Never much for hunting, we read that he is content to stay among the tents with the women and children. No coarse and luxurious body hair for him. This boy is not properly performing his gender. But he's smart, and in spite of, or perhaps because of, this deviation from traditional masculinity, he becomes the favorite child of his mother, Rebecca, who has a bit of a stage Mama Rose energy herself. <laughs> and so when Isaac is nearing the end of his life and lies blind and dying, he tells Esau to go hunt him some food so that he can give, give Esau a blessing and the inheritance of everything that he owns. But Rebecca hears this and conspires with Jacob. She gives him some tasty food and covers his arms and neck with goat skins so he'll feel like furry old Esau, and sends him to trick Isaac into believing Jacob is actually his brother. The plan works. Isaac believes Jacob is Esau back from the hunt, blesses him, and gives him Esau's inheritance. When Esau comes back from the field to discover what has happened, he flies into a rage and threatens to kill Jacob. But Rebekah warns him, and Jacob runs away to where his cousins live. And finally safe, he puts his head on a rock next to the river, closes his eyes, and begins to dream. This is the context for our story an encounter between God and a boy who could never be the kind of son his father wanted, who just used treachery and deceit to steal an inheritance that was rightfully his brother's, who has been forced to seek refuge far away from home because that brother wants to kill him. God meets Jacob in the middle of the problem that he has created and promises him, you are not alone. Everything is going to be all right. I have a plan for you. There is a future for you. I've heard people preach that Jacob 
steals Esau's blessing as part of God's plan. That this latter vision comes as a reward to Jacob for fulfilling God's intention for his life. <coughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not sure that God does God's best work through deceit and trickery, taking advantage of an old man's disability to violate his wishes. Far more likely, I think, is this truth. God meets us where we are, offers us love even when we have sinned, even when we have broken promises, even if we are forced to leave our home, to flee everything we have ever known, to begin a fresh life. There is nothing that we can do and nowhere that we can go that will separate us from the love of God. God finds Jacob in what could be a dark night of the soul, sleeping with a rock for a pillow, and instead transforms that moment into an affirmation of God's promise for his life, God's unwavering commitment. Even when everything else crumbles, I will be there for you. And pay attention to the form that this vision takes, a ladder stretching towards the sky, a stage on which the angels can dance. But on this day, when we're proclaiming the gospel according to Broadway, I can't help but think about the way that art and music become that inbreaking ladder that leads us beyond ourselves. A new world calls across the ocean. A new world calls across the sky. A new world whispers in the shadows. Time to fly, time to fly. The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Rivers belong where they can ramble. Eagles belong where they can fly. I've got to be where my spirit can run free. Gotta find my corner of the sky. These songs find us where we are, but they don't let us stay there. The entire motif of a musical is motion, from the choreography to the character arcs, to the way that people get so carried away by their speech that their voice transitions into song. We may come to them with spirits broken, heads resting on our own proverbial rocks, but when we see the angels dancing up and down on that ladder towards heaven, neither God nor Broadway will leave us there. <laughs> More to the point, it is precisely that mess which makes great art. Do you ever see a musical where everybody lives happy little lives and nothing much happens and people end just the way they began? <laughs> I bet you didn't go back. <laughs> Shows touch us because they're real. They acknowledge that all of us are muddling through trying to love ourselves and others the best that we are able, sometimes, maybe oftentimes, getting it wrong. 
whether it's the giddy optimism of ease on down the road, the fear and trembling of light my candle, or the wistful sadness of send in the clowns. The collective power of these songs comes from their willingness to look at all of what it means to be human and to pronounce that good. The Bible, likewise, is full of passages like the one we read today that tell the whole story. That's what people who read scripture like an instruction manual get so devastatingly wrong. Often the Bible is not prescribing how we should live, but simply describing what it looks like to struggle and wrestle with what it means to live a faithful life. Jacob is blessed with intelligence and ambition, but he also struggles with greed, with the desire for self-aggrandizement at his brother's expense. And these sins have consequences. Again, he is having this dream, sleeping beside a river because his brother would have killed him if he stayed at home. And God says, you are still the one that I am calling to birth beauty and wonder and goodness on the earth. We don't get to read what God said to Esau in that moment, but I would bet everything I have that he told him exactly the same. The other thing that musicals do is invite us to reframe what we are experiencing. Here's the truth. All of us live pushed around by systems beyond our control. Whether that's the immediate power imbalance like a conflict in your workplace, larger, more nebulous forces like white supremacy, patriarchy, queerphobia, or a sense of powerlessness from struggling with disease. We can feel like our future is not in our control. And the really hard thing is we can't always change that, at least not all at once. But that doesn't mean that we are powerless. Musicals are full of characters who seize the chance to become protagonists in their own story. Whether it's Elphaba's refusal to let her green skin define her, Cabaret's depiction of queer art and beauty under fascist rule, Tracy Turnblad's determination to be on the Corny Collins show, <laughs> or where we started, with shy Louise stepping into the spotlight. These characters find ways to live into their truth even when the odds are stacked against them. That's why we root for them. That's why our hearts soar with their successes and break with their failures. The resiliency of the human spirit ignites our own. It makes us believe that we too can be transformed. It's the kind of encounter Jacob has in his vision of a ladder. For a moment, everything else falls away. The disapproval of his father, the conflict with his brother, all of the ways that he has fallen short, this path that has led him to sleep by the side of a river, all of it is gone. What's left is God's voice, singing in radiant promise. Honey, everything's coming up roses. Isn't that what we find in music? A foretaste of the heaven that we can create together. As notes stretch and soar, they remind us that all of us, each and every one, have the ability to create magic. 
to shatter where silence once reigned with triumphant vibration, to mix our voices in harmony with our neighbors, notes rising in exponential power. A chance to know what it is like to be more than ourselves through the portal that music opens, a window to the soul. I don't know what the angels were singing when they traveled up and down that ladder, but whatever it was, Jacob wakes up different. And if we listen carefully, it is the call that Broadway makes as well. Risk becoming alive. Amen. <laughs>